Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Topicocalypse, the only podcast on the internet, and also welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos Show, recording both shows at once here. So, uh, my name is Josh Peterson, and I am going to be joined here shortly by Gerald Glassford, and we have a special guest today from Spaces. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, no, uh, my name is Shiraz Akmal, I'm CEO and co-founder of Spaces, uh, based out here in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. All right, Shiraz. So for those of you, those of any people listening who might not know who Spaces is, you want to give us the rundown? Yeah, so Spaces, we're a location-based entertainment company that builds attractions uh, that go into malls, theme parks, uh, tourist, tourist destinations. Our attractions are all VR-enabled, so uh, part of the experience is we transport you into worlds where you can go with your friends um, we play up to groups of four people with our featured attraction that we just opened uh, based on the Terminator uh, universe. Uh, so you've got to go in and uh, battle Skynet, hopefully save humanity. Um, super great. We started the company at DreamWorks Animation where we were working as part of the uh, Dream Lab team. My co-founder started Dream Lab and joined up with him. We uh, spun out of DreamWorks. And uh, uh, three years later, here we are. All right. So how do, how do you feel about like where VR is right now? So I've seen I've seen the Terminator one and it's it's pretty cool. And I've also I know there's another like Star Wars one. Where, how do you how do you feel about the technology where it's at right now? And where do you think it might go? Well, look, every day I wake up and I'm trying to make this future happen that I grew up reading about and and. And seeing in the movies. And so we're super excited because, you know, for the first time, we're actually going to have people kind of step into these virtual worlds that we're making. Uh, and uh, that's what you tried with Terminator. Um, so I think that, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's The technology is only getting better. We've been at this for about six years as a team from the uh, pre-Oculus Kickstarter days. And uh, the advancements with the headsets and the technology... The price points, all that's just continuing to get better and better. Uh, so you're really hopeful and excited. Uh, you're going to start to see, you know, larger play spaces. Um, we like to call them like digital playgrounds, uh, where you'll be able to have more people uh, interacting with each other and be able to, to roam around large spaces. Um, so uh, you know, it's all super, super um, uh, exciting to see and. Uh, you know, we don't see it slowing down. So the, the term, do you, do you see there being like a point in time where there's some kind of thing that can track your, like your, your feet movement, like some, something that might, a rig that might hook up to your legs? Yeah, actually today, right now, Terminator, we track your hands and your feet, uh, your full body motion. So, uh, in addition to that, we also track props and weapons in the environment you, know, you can pick up a gun, I can hand it to you. Uh, I can give you a high five. Uh, we had actually uh, this 80-year-old couple come in uh, one day, and they started ballroom dancing in the middle <laughs> of the experience. Because they, like, they looked down, they're like they could see their feet and their hands. And um, so it's, it's, super, uh, it's super immersive, and people have really great agency where they're able to you know, feel like themselves. Yeah, because I, I did a um, – have you ever been to an escape room before? 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did one in like downtown LA. Yeah. So we, I did one down there too, and it was a VR escape room. And the issue with it was that you were seated the whole time. So like you could, it tracked your movements, but only so far. So like they're saying, Hey, you got to grab the, grab the ball or grab that cube over there. And most of us were just getting stuck to the ceiling and couldn't figure out how to get down. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you, what, what we, what we have is, um, fully, uh, immersive in the sense that you can walk around, you know, a, uh, a space and, uh, you can squat and run and jump. Um, and you can touch the world. You're not seated, seated at a, at a chair or table. You're not tethered in any way. Um, and it's really freeing. So I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different VR out there. Um, we're really focused on trying to be that, um, you know, the most cutting edge of what's possible. Why, why the Terminator Salvation, uh, brand and what, what was the, um, process in getting it? Yeah. So, I mean, number one, we're, we're huge fans of the Terminator universe. So we, you know, we, uh, you know, fans, I mean, it's definitely one of those science fiction, uh, based experiences that kind of feels like it's possible, especially in this day and age. And it was just made for VR. So, um, you know, from, from kind of a VR perspective, what we like about it is, uh, there's this entire universe that we can kind of play around with the whole set of films and so on. So we partnered with, um, Skydance as well. Um, and we're working on a series of various missions based on you know, a variety of films, uh, leading up to the new film that's coming out, um, you know, next year. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the third thing that we really like about Terminator is, you know, generally a VR has uh, recommendations for um, VR being, you know, seven years old and up and 10 years old and up. And, um, you know, coming from DreamWorks where, you know, most of the content was very um, focused on, on young children, uh, you know, people of all ages, but certainly it, it kind of appealed to the younger kids. Um, Terminator felt like the best IP that um, has a kind of a uh, kind of a, a broad audience, you know, an audience that you know probably spans thirty years or so more, uh, and um, with the new trilogy of films coming out and you know, being directed by Tim Miller and uh, produced by James Cameron, um, you know, we just felt that it was really strategic and kind of the perfect sort of IP to bring to you know the audience that we think um, you know re- are really receptive to VR. Speaking of new Terminator, are you given? Uh, are, are do they let tell you anything about what's coming up in the franchise, or is that kind of kept under lock and key? Yeah, I mean everything's kept under lock and key. You know, I know they finished filming uh, not not too long ago, and uh, you know um, we we've had a history as a team, um, whether it's video games or VR, working you know hand in hand with. Um, the film companies, you know, when they're producing the films in terms of having, you know, a, a game or some sort of, you know, uh, application come out around the same time or soon after. And so, uh, you know, they make the film and then we kind of reimagine it uh, in whatever the medium is, whether it's a game or in our case, you know, location-based attraction. Well, what's cool about uh, Terminator is is that's kind of a, a franchise that has expanded across time. You know, you got your your fans of Terminator One and Terminator Two. Obviously, people who are 
you know, uh, around in the 80s, and then it's kind of broken into, what was the, there's Terminator with, uh, shoot, what's it, it's with Christian Bale, that was one when I was in high school, now they got the Salvation, there's another one coming out, so it's, it, it, it seems like a pretty solid franchise, you guys get good feedback on it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that, I mean, people love it, I mean, people love going in, because what's really neat is you can get, you get up and close to, you know, like the Terminators, you can look at the, look at the, all the, the, um, you know, the, it's like look at the, the metal and the shine off coming off the robots and so on. It looks pretty amazing. So, um, you know, and part of the part of the story is we transform you into kind of a, a half uh, half terminator, half human um, uh, character in the experience. And um, what's neat is before we actually start the experience, every customer that comes through uh, a space's location, we scan your face in 3D. So we make a 3D copy of your face. Uh, and so that when you go in the experience, if you and I are all three of us were to play, uh, we would see each other uh, within VR. So it's really immersive. It's really social. Um, it really feels like it's you, and uh, and you're in this kind of crazy, you know, epic battle. You know, uh, uh, blasting away Terminators and so on. It's, it's super neat. And so people come out of it feeling like you know they had a great experience playing together. Um, you know, I think that's probably the number one thing people come out there like that was so much fun. You know, we have scores and rankings, and all that, but, uh, what, what people really like is just that, that feeling that they did this thing together and they have the shared memory. Um, and to kind of help with that too, we actually create a 90 second, uh, cinematic, you know, James Cameron style movie that we give you. Oh, nice. Email to you. So, and you can post on social media or you know, save it to your iPhone or whatever. And so um, that's super neat because we actually, um, you know, uh, uh, love to give you something that you can take and, and uh, uh, you know, and see from the outside. And so people really love watching themselves like, to see what they did um, and uh, what they said and everything else. So, and because you have your face, faces in it, it, it doesn't feel like you're looking at like, you know, a video game or something else. Like a lot of the other experiences, you just some generic avatar you don't really know who's who and with a spaces experience you actually it's personalized um, yeah it's personalized it's about you being the star uh not you watching some movie oh that's cool i'm saying narrative so that's kind of our focus we want to make you the you the action hero yeah it's a a good like team building exercise too it seems like like if you have some co-workers that's your you guys aren't like getting along you just throw them in the middle of a battle with skynet and then they, they come out friends afterwards yeah, totally. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that. <laughs> we had um, we've had so many companies come in, like the Marriott, the IT department came in, you know, forty or fifty people, and uh, uh, we had a great game developer uh, ready at dawn. They brought the entire company, about a hundred people or so, uh, and you know, had a big team building exercise on, on Blizzard, uh, the the legal team. You know, uh, there's just so many companies. There was an insurance company that came through, so uh, we're starting to see that, and I think. You know, what happens is people like to they like to hang out and do stuff together. And this is just one of those experiences that, um, you know, is now available. And I think what we hear is there's just not a lot. People have done everything. You know, they're always looking for something new. Uh, so this, this, to your point, is like the perfect kind of – it gives people something to do. And it's a great team building or a birthday party or, you know, um, some kind of group activity. And, and uh, it, it's really neat to see that. And, and it's Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Terminators, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, okay, so you, you talked about more locations coming soon, uh, you know, L.A., San Jose, I think China. Would, would there are other, like, favorite, uh, like, tourist destinations on the horizon, like New York, Las Vegas, Orlando maybe? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we you know, ever since we opened at, at the Irvine Spectrum, and certainly when we announced, um, we've just been um, really fortunate to just have a lot of interest from all around the world. Uh, and so we're just trying to manage kind of the rollout schedule. So, you know, we just opened uh, with Sega in Tokyo uh, at, uh, at that world-famous crossing. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Shibuya Crossing. If you've been out there, it's that in, the busiest intersection in the world um, where you see millions of people crossing, you know, the streets so yeah. right there. So that opened in October. And then um, we're opening in San Jose with Cinemark uh, movie theaters. So this is going to be a full-on, premium, you know, flagship location inside the Cinemark. So it's actually, um, construction's almost done, um, where you'll walk in and you can buy a ticket to go on a Spaces kind of adventure or go see a movie or do both. Um, and, uh, and so that's going to be in uh, opening uh, by February. Um, so we're super excited about that. And then beyond that, you know, we haven't made any announcements, but um, certainly we're targeting all the kind of the, the larger cities, you know, around the world. And, um, you know, the ones you mentioned you know, certainly are on the list. Um, we'd love to be in those cities. I, I could totally picture something like that being in Las Vegas. That would be a cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, like the big cities like that where it's great, you know. And then also, you know, there's a lot of interest from from towns and communities around the world where certainly in the United States where they're – they don't necessarily, like, they might have a movie theater, you know, they might have a, a, a megaplex, but there's not, they don't have an amusement park or anything like that. And so this in some ways, you know, feels like kind of one of those theme park like experiences, but something that can be put in, you know, kind of any neighborhood. And so that's, what's really exciting because we can take effectively, you know, big empty space. It could be a big, a warehouse or anything like that. And then we turn that into this super interactive, you know, social kind of group activity. And um, uh, without the cost that would be kind of associated to, to building like a, you know, a mini theme park right. uh, ride or something. So, that, that's, so that's really exciting about the technology. I think we'll be able to bring it to more places um, that normally get overlooked you know, by the, by the larger kind of amusement entertainment companies. So how, how do you feel about like where the technology is at right now? Have you got, have you, where do you, um, like the PlayStation uh, VR, have, have you ever got your hands on one of those? Yeah. I mean, we have development kits and so on. We've been working with that. So I think that, you know, the home VR devices are great. Um, you know, I think that they serve the purpose of, you know, delivering a great experience that you can play you know, in your living room or on your couch. Um, what we see a lot is, um, and the graphics and the experiences themselves are getting better and better, just like, you know, the game industry has always done. Um, they're different kinds of experiences uh, than what you might find with what we're doing. And so, um, you know, uh, I think that you're starting to see different types of uh, genres or formats emerge. Um, certainly, like, what we focus on, as I mentioned, is the group experiences. We like to, to create experiences that you can't do at home um, that require, you know, more space, um, props, and, 
40 effects like, you know, uh, wind and heat and all that kind of stuff that most people probably wouldn't have at their home, you know. Uh, and uh, so something different. Uh, it just happens to be um, also VR. Uh, and so I think just educating the consumer about like, well, look, this is what you this is what like a premium VR experience might be that you can come and do, you know, at, at our Cinemark or Irvine Spectrum location. But, you know, you can also go home and enjoy, you know, uh, playing, you know, uh, grabbing a vibe and playing, you know, a, you know, ever huge increasing catalog of games or an Oculus and so on. And so, so, um, so I think that's, it's promising. I'll, I will say the last point is, you know, we've been, we drank the Kool-Aid on VR, you know, six years ago. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to change the world. Everyone's going to have it, you know, and, and today I would say 99% of our customers that come into the door have never, ever put on a headset, any kind of headset. Um, and surprising, even in a big city. Um, and, you know, if you remember when VR was trying to be sold in the early days in like Best Buys and so on, I don't think too many people wanted to try to put on a headset in a Best Buy. Probably yeah. because it felt awkward, you know, like they're the <laughs> only ones wearing a headset and everyone in the store is looking at it. Um, and the difference that, that I'm seeing with a location like ours and others is that it's comfortable to come in and put on a headset because that's kind of what you do. It's the fun part of it. And uh, people walk out saying, oh, wow, this is really cool. I might actually go buy one at home. So I think that location-based VR is only going to encourage, you know, consumers to say, you know what, I might go ahead and pop down some money and get one at home. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the, it's it's cool. Like, it's so uh, it's accessible now, too. Like, they have the... Um was there's this uh I want to say the Galaxy had some kind of VR attachment that you can get with it uh a while back that had some cool oh, the gear gear VR yeah 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 and they had like a you know you could dive into a shark tank or whatever and like I you know I just watch people wear those and sit in chairs and like they were they were gone you know <laughs> they were they were into it so it's totally. yeah there's there's a lot going on out there do you um well, I mean, okay, so you said you drank the, the Kool-Aid of VR six years ago. Was there ever any point along that journey where you were maybe thinking, ooh, maybe this wasn't a good idea? You know, it's a good good question. I mean, I think we always wanted it to happen faster, like the market to adopt it faster. And every year it felt like, oh, I guess it's going to be one more year. And so there's always this sort of hurry up and wait. Um, we were believers, and but I think that, you know, it's we, it's really hard to get people to try to put on hardware that they can barely, you know, get that's not freely available everywhere. And so, so certainly I think along the way, we just, we just wanted everyone to try it because we figured if you try it, you'll like it. Um, and I think that just takes time. Um, so from that, you know, um, we realized early on that location base is probably the best way to build a business, you know, to get it out there um, because the home market was going to take a lot longer because people aren't going to buy it until they try it. And so from when we started the company, um, because of kind of how long it was taken to the market, we knew that this was a business to be in. And so that was in 2016. And, um, you know, today, you know, there's a lot of um, excitement about location-based VR, seemingly overnight. Um, but we're one of the few companies that saw that kind of trend from the beginning. And I think that 
you know, the promise of, of where it's going to go is, you know, as soon as enough people get to try it over the next few years, the home market will grow and become bigger than the location-based market. So I think the next few years is really about location-based, um, but that's going to feed into the, uh, the um, consumer market. And so, you know, I think that if you have kind of realistic expectations, um, you know, you won't be as disappointed as maybe we were early on when we wanted it to happen, you know, faster than, than probably the world was ready for. This episode is brought to you by Vitabrace, high-performance gamer wristbands by Miracle Fruit Oil. Big Dog, you and I play a lot of video games. Yes, we do. You ever find yourself in positions where your, your hands get cramped and you just you, you need a break, you got to get up? Yes. Okay, well, it just so happens that Miracle Fruit Oil, they made these bracelets right here, and what it's supposed to do is increase circulation in your wrist, makes you less tired, less fatigued, less sore and stiff. Uh, it's... It's supposed to give you more endurance, grip, strength, range of motion, uh, mobility, stability, better manual dexterity, coordination, and precision movements. I've been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts, and it has helped. It has made it so, because, you know, I spent a lot of time working on computers, doing video games, stuff like that. It does help. You know, it kind of eases uh, eases the pain a little bit, or I feel it less, I mean, when I do it without it. You don't really notice until you take the bracelet off. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, Vitabrace is powered by nature. It contains miracle fruit seed oil, a rare and natural oil that comes from the seed of the healthy miracle fruit berry. The wristband is capable of delivering the oil to your wrist for four to six months of daily use. The combination of compression, uh, occlusion, and unique oil provides several benefits. If you're interested in getting your own miracle fruit Vitabrace wristband, visit their website today www.miraclefruitoil.com and use promo code MEDIA10 at checkout for $10 off your next purchase. Yeah, because well, I mean, like that. You guys have a very smart marketing, uh, you know, idea. The the like the concept of, hey, I I wouldn't you know go to the store and pay three hundred dollars for that, but hey, I'd be down to to you know pay twenty or thirty bucks to have an experience like what you guys are offering. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and part of it we just we like to when we uh, you know, we learned a lot from you know, working together at DreamWorks and uh, Jeffrey Kastenberg, the CEO and the CTO, they, they would always tell us, guys, look, think about making the best experience. And if you can do that, you can build the business. It's not about selling the technology. So, you know, with spaces today, we, we need to make sure that, you know, what we put out there in a mall or a tourist destination um, is, is worthy of being there, that people, when they come in and they, they pay their hard-earned dollars, they're getting getting kind of value for that, and it has to compete with everything else. And so, I think part of it's exactly what you said, which is, you know, to do this at home would still cost, you know, hundreds if not thousands of dollars, depending on what system they get, and it still wouldn't be the same experience that we are still delivering. So we have to kind of over deliver from what you can get at home. And I think um, certainly there's value there. And I think there have been some companies that have had a hard time. Because what they've brought in the market is exactly the home system. You know, they just buy a vibe or an Oculus and they put it in their store and they say it's, you know, 5 or $10 to try it. And I think that's cool for a while, but I think when people realize it's exactly the thing they can get at home, it's, it's not as valuable. Um, so you always have to be, I think, over-delivering, you know, because people have high expectations ultimately. You know, 20 bucks or 30 bucks is still a lot of money to a lot of people. Right. It certainly is to me. So. Um. So I, I do want to talk about the future for a minute. Uh, one question is, 
where would you like to see this technology go? Like ultimately, what is, what is the dream? What would you like to see happen? Yeah. So from, from the inception of our company, we have this uh, trademark that's saying the world is your theme park. And we kind of believe that sooner than later, hopefully, (laughs) you'll, you'll be able to step out and walk around anywhere in the world and have the, have it transformed into, into a theme park, you know, the, the drive to work, you know, whatever form that might be in, um, can be transformed into, you know, um, you know, flying an X-wing, you know, down the 405 freeway or, um, so like just kind of, just kind of making the world digital, but also really interactive, you know, at a global scale, I think is really exciting. Um, and there are many hurdles to overcome that. And, and that can be a mix of VR and, and, you know, uh, mixed reality, you know, it's kind of, the definitions kind of blur together. So I think, wait, sorry, real quick. Are we, are we talking about like augmented reality, kind of like Pokemon go where there's uh, like, there's caches and you can interact with them. Uh, it's that plus, you know, like if you think about, you know, when you're wearing a headset, uh, even some of the newer VR headsets have passed through. So you can pass through parts of the real world, um, like the Oculus quest or the Vive focus allow you to do passers. You can take, uh, you have a camera facing outwards and it could feed that data into the headset and you can mix it with v- the VR aspect of it. And so you can choose as a developer to show the real world or not, or just some percentage of it. And so at that point, you know, is it VR or is it AR? It's kind of, you know, a combination of the two. Because that would be, um, be cool too. Yeah, so, so that, that's happening and it's going to only get better. Um, so then, uh, you know, the experiences you can build, you know, might be um, something that works, you know, if you, you know, would put on a headset and walk down the street. Um, or it could be the same headset that runs in a theme park on, a, on an attraction ride system or something like that. A roller coaster. Or a, you know, have you seen the one at Six Flags where they have the, uh, it's the VR headset you put on while you're on the roller coaster? Yeah. So that's like a gear VR based headset. They basically take the track and the pathway and they create a virtual um you know path based on you know um uh, some experience and so it's just they're replacing they're matching the motion of the coaster to you know the visuals of what you see um and and that's cool i think those are like those have actually brought a lot of attention to uh, you know in addition to movies like ready player one before ready player one you know, Six Flags really kind of helped put VR on the map to lots of consumers that, that would otherwise have never, you know, tried it. And so I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's early. Yeah. So I think it's got a long ways to go. You know, from our focus, we, we look at, you know, making those kind of experiences really interactive, uh, really, um, and social and group-based versus just feeling like you're watching a movie. Because you guys have kind of made made a, like a huge thing, and uh, but so from what you're saying though, you think that this technology is still kind of in its infancy. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. So we we have a, a couple different kinds of attraction systems. We have two products in the market today, um, and one is you know what we talk about terminal where you can walk around you know large space with groups of people. Um, we have a theater product with National Geographic. So we have the largest VR theater in the world in Washington, D.C. 
where they do shows um, where they take an entire audience of 400 people on expeditions around the world. Um, the last show was an expedition to Antarctica. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and if you've ever been to, like, you know, Disneyland and the Jungle Cruise, you have, like, a, you know, um, the person, you know, kind of narrating the path, the cruise leader, if you will, taking you on this expedition and, and, and talking to you and then narrating. They actually, at National Geographic, bring the actual photographer or the mountain climber or whoever, you know, that explorer is and put them on the stage so they're there in person. And then that person takes that audience on this journey and everyone goes on it together. Part of it's in VR, part of it's on the big movie screen, um, but it's all live narrated and it's really fun and social. Um, uh, so, so that's a like large scale audience, you know, type experience. Um, and then we have some stuff coming down the pipe with um, more theme park scale vehicles like that you would see in a Disney or Universal theme park where those are enabled, much like your Magic Mountain our Six Flags example. Um, so we kind of see, you know, walk around experiences, driving experiences, flying experiences, and uh, seated experiences. And uh, ultimately, you know, if you were to take a large space, you kind of want to be able to do anything. Um, we, have a, we have another kind of saying, we want our customers to feel like they can go anywhere and do anything. And in order for that to be really possible, you gotta let people be able to walk run, jump, you know, jump into vehicles. Mobility. Fly. Yeah, and, and not get sick. And so part of that is actually moving people physically through the space versus, you know, them seats doing all of that in a seated experience. Um, so so that's, that's really important is, um, you know, making sure that people feel um, like what they see and what they're doing all makes sense, you know, to their body. Um, I don't know if you've ever done one of those roller coaster experiences in VR where you're seated. Um, most of the time, you put on the headset, people get really sick. Um, you know, it's a little nauseating because you're physically sitting in one place, but your eyes are telling you you're moving, but your stomach's. <laughs> I had those uh, those rides at Universal Studios. There's a few of them that get me like that too. Like the the Minions stuff kind of messes with me a little bit. That's right, because there's there's no forward velocity. Like your body's physically not moving forward. It's not feeling the acceleration. Yeah. Like you would normally, and that's definitely a cause for uh, motion sickness. And so, you know, there are limitations to those seated experiences that can only be overcome by actually moving you through, you know, the real space, like in a vehicle that's actually moving forward versus just sitting on, on hydraulics. And so, um, so there's a whole range of new experiences that we're working to unlock to make those sorts of things like, you know, like the, like the minions and others like feel right in VR, um, so that people can enjoy it. Yeah. So have you guys had issue like in, in the Terminator where people are getting sick or is that since they are moving, you haven't really experienced that problem? Yeah. So, no, that's a great question. So, you know, we learned early on DreamWorks to match the physical motion of the human body to what you actually are seeing in the headset. And as long as you match it, people are fine. Um, the moment you start trying to move people virtually, but physically they're still sitting there, standing there that's where a percentage of people will get sick. So our experiences are really designed around the idea that you're in control of the motion of your own body and what you see. And so 
you know, um, our uh, chief operating officers incredibly motion sensitive. Um, and so, you know, we, there's certainly people in every company that, that, um, you know, have a range of, uh, different, um, sensitivities. And so at least with him, you know, um, you know, he's fine and he sort of experiences it. Certainly our customers that, um, do have some sort of sensitivity, you know, um, you know, are also fine. It, it'd be really bad business to build where your customers come out feeling sick, you know. It's a trail of vomit coming out of the exit. Yeah, really bad. So from, from, from our business, like when we, we really, you know, I want to make sure every customer comes out having great. And that means understanding, you know, the limitations of the hardware and also the limitations of, you know, human physiology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, because that, that would only make the experience better. So, yeah. Don't push it. In fact, you know, we have a patent um, from our early days at DreamWorks um, going back years on um, uh, using uh, vibration uh, uh, to, to basically um, affect your inner ear. So vibrate like your seat or the ground that you're on um, in order to make certain things, certain experiences feel less uh, nauseating. And um uh, so we've spent a lot of time really thinking, studying, and and implementing kind of solutions and and learning along the way. And I think that um, you know ultimately we really care about people having a good time and and not feeling sick. Well, okay. So I've I have two closing questions for you here, sure. and feel free if you to not answer the first one because I understand. Uh, any franchises that you guys are currently trying to get your hands on? Uh, I mean, well, so we certainly. I'm not going to talk about anything specific, but, you know, we have a history of working with all kinds of um, film IP and video game IP over the years. And I think that um, for us, we're really focused on, you know, putting out something like Terminator that's really epic, you know, every four or so months. And so you can kind of expect to see, um, you know, some big launches, you know, throughout the year. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is that we're still a very independent company. Uh, and we're able to work with all the different studios. And I can say all the studios have been through Terminator uh, and seen the other things that we have. Uh, and, um, you know, ultimately for us as a team, we want to pick something that we think we're going to be really passionate about um, and, uh, and be able to put the same kind of love that we put into building Terminator. Okay. So, so really, like, it's you're trying to not so much sell them, but you're still trying to sell other studios and kind of gaining interest in what you guys are doing. So maybe you guys could work out something in the future. No, I mean, it's the opposite. I mean, the studios have all offered us um, IP and so on. So that's, that's been like, you know, a very fortunate, you know, position to be in. In fact, I mean, we have a strategic partnership with Skydance and I make a ton of different films. So um, these things take time to build. So we're very careful about choosing which IP we think, you know, will complement um, that. So we are working on, on new stuff, you know, as we speak right now, and um, we're just not announcing it. My second question is, is, is there like a, for you personally, hypothetically, is there a dream like movie or video game thing that you would like to work with? Uh, I mean, there, there's... There's so many. I mean, I think Terminator is certainly that. And right now we're just, <laughs> we're busy on the new Terminator missions and things which are really exciting. Um, and that's kind of where, where our head's at right now. 
Um, you know, I think that what's interesting is there's uh, what I can say outside of like, you know, things like that that are like Terminator and Hollywood. You know, we have um, we're pretty diversified company. We have a uh, we've been working on this really epic Chinese fantasy experience that's going to open in China in the next uh, uh, half of next year. Um, and it's been three years in the making or two, two and a half years or so in the making um, that'll open up in a theme park. And it's very, uh, it's like, it's like, you know, it's nothing like Terminator, but it's got that same production value, um, but based on Chinese history um, in a really fun, exciting kind of magical way. Would you say it uh, like more role-playing ish? It's more, it's a good thing. Theme park scale. It's role-playing. It's less role-playing, more about a, a journey through um, uh, Chinese history uh, and, and seeing those characters that, you know, people in China have grown up uh, reading about, studying, so on, come to life. Um, and it's more the fantasy spin on all of that. So I think it's, um, you know, a lot of the folklore and stories that are told um, brought to life. Uh, and so that, that's... So that's going to be really uh, exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that we believe that it's nice to build experiences that, that can appeal to people all around the world. Yeah. And we have a very open mind to, to taking on projects um, that, uh, you know, will bring spaces to, to regions of the world that um, may not otherwise, you know, um, be open-minded to, to having something like Terminator as an example. So people in China certainly love Terminator. So, <laughs> oh, cool. I mean, yeah, that's because yeah. um, I don't like Dave and Buster's is a like a you know they're they're getting some stuff in there now. It's kind of uh, it's not VR, but it's more it's has like the wraparound screens. You know, like they have this whole Halo arcade in there now, with, and you sit in the gunner seat and they got the screens wrapping around you. So it's it's cool to see this kind of technology growing. Yeah, I mean the halo. That I mean the halo. The halo. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's pretty amazing. I mean, it's worth going and checking out because it's beautiful and the screen technology and the actual just build out of the seats and so on. Just it, it is like you know you're stepping into to a virtual world, but they built it out. It's really it's super nice. Nice super pod. Reminds me of the old Star Wars battle pods. Oh which yes, <laughs> um, that was pretty amazing. So I think I think you know with all of these, right? You know, if you go back to the early, the, the early comments, you want to deliver on the promise of whatever the IP is or the, what the fans want. And um, it doesn't matter whether it's VR or, you know, an arcade game or a theme park ride. And, and um, our focus is making sure we, we continue to deliver on that and make sure people get excited about it. And they, they walk away saying that, you know, that really lived up to, to their expectations. All right, cool. Um, all right, Shiraz. So you got any, uh, so, Pimp the product to the listeners. Where can they uh, where, where can they find the Terminator stuff or just anything you guys are up to? Yeah, it's real easy. Spaces.com. You can go there. You can register. You can look up the different cities where we where uh, where we where we are open. You can buy tickets online. Uh, and then also, if you want to, you know, send us a, a message. You can also send us a message. Um, we're franchising and partnering with companies around the world. So on the business side, if people are interested in, you know, bringing spaces to their, their neck of the woods, you know, reach out. 
All right, cool. Well, you guys heard them. Uh, if you're looking for back episodes of the show, you can find it on podcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play and Stitcher. I uh, would also love you could follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. We'll be right back.